Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Lewis Goldberg of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. This week, Lewis and special guest host Gretchen Gailey welcome back to the show New York State Senator Liz Krueger. Over the last 17 years, Senator Krueger has risen through the Democratic Party ranks to serve as the ranking member of the powerful Finance Committee. Representing the 28th District, which encompasses the Upper East Side of Manhattan, Senator Kruger is the lead sponsor of the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, which fell a few votes short of passing in New York State earlier this year. The senator was gracious enough to join us again to provide an update on what happened to New York's cannabis legalization efforts and offered optimism for the near future. Don't sit back, lean forward. Now on to our interview with New York State Senator Liz Krueger. Gretchen, it's 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 you and me again. You missed me, didn't you? Oh, so, so, <laughs> so much. Yes. Um, we are going to be talking with State Senator Liz Krueger uh, from New York State about why uh, the state didn't get it done when it when it came to getting adult use cannabis legislation passed. Well, hopefully she'll have some answers. I'm sure she'll have some answers. She was here about a year ago. It was actually uh, 13 months ago and was super confident about getting it done. And I think it's a real travesty that both New Jersey and New York shit the bed. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. It's it's yes it is and you know I I know that you are not a foul potty mouth but uh, I I am well I, I just don't display it at work for you <laughs> oh, trust okay. me I've been never mind <laughs> <laughs> okay um, so you know you you and I are on opposite sides of the political spectrum I'm right and you're wrong. Um, I would have said I'm right and you're left, but if you, yeah, I know what, to, I know what you were going for there. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think that cannabis is is a partisan issue still, or is it postpartisan? No, I think I think cannabis is a generational issue. I think it's a major problem with the older generations who still see it as reefer madness. I think if you look at the polls, uh, Republicans are on board uh, with cannabis, not maybe as much as Democrats, but. Enough. Enough. Over 50%. I, I forget what the Republican number is, but I want to say it's in the low 60s. Which is about the same age as most Republicans. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the eye roll. It's awesome. Every woman I work with <laughs> gives me the same look, which is, Lewis, did you actually just say that? We, there are good Republicans under the age of 60. There are good Republicans under the age of 60. We're not all the devil. Jo Justin Amash <laughs> is one of them. Okay. <laughs> you like him? <laughs> I just like goading you. Um, so uh, I see that the senator is here. We're going to bring her in. Um, and uh, I think that this is going to be a really interesting conversation. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Gretchen. Senator Kruger, welcome back. Yes, thank you. Um, it's just about a year since we talked. Um, and a lot has changed and absolutely nothing has changed. Um, no, we passed some things that are important to have gotten done here in New York. So let's 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 talk about I mean, you know, the the green rush is about the business of of cannabis. It's about right. the intersection of cannabis, 
the capital markets and culture. Um, and, and in New York, you are the locus of a lot of what happened or almost happened. So before we get into the, the sausage making and the, politi the politics, let's talk about the policy for a second. What was the name of your bill? MRTA, Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act. Can you talk us talk us just through what the the, the content was, so that that you know the people who are listening understand what we tried to do and what we will do. Okay, so MRTA grew quite a bit this year because it was at the beginning of the year, it was just adult use recreational marijuana mm -hmm. that would establish rules and regulations, a tax set of policies, um, reverse criminal policy on cannabis but for personal use, and expunge records of people who had been caught up um, in the criminal justice system for no reason other than that they were using low-level amounts or selling low-level amounts of marijuana cannabis. Then over the course of the year, it actually grew to include an expansion of medical marijuana in New York State, because while we have a medical marijuana program, it's far too limited and has real problems. So we attempt- That is a kind way of putting it. It's verging on complete collapse because we designed it badly. So we expanded MRTA to include um, what we were advised by advocates and business people we needed to do in medical marijuana. And then also, we added to it the, what I really think is an important issue, the framework for legal regulata regulation of hemp and CBD products. Because when I started working on MRDA almost five years ago, I don't even know if people knew what the letters CBD stood for. And today it's the fastest growing subsection of cannabis, even well, though it's not what you get high from, there's no THC, but the CBD wellness, who knows what, but it's not bad for you and maybe it's good for you and everyone in the world. It's a nutraceutical industry right now. Yeah. It's just like the vitamin industry. The feds said it's not illegal if you're selling it in a regulated market, but no one has regulated their market. So it's technically illegal in all 50 states except for New York who when at the end of the session, even though we did not get my full MRTA bill passed, we broke off sections and did get them passed. So we actually did legalize CBD and the hemp industry because hemp is used to make CBD, but it's also used to make clothing and rope and bricks and other things. So I got I wasn't expecting to ask this question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. You know, Canopy, you know, is coming into New York with a huge hemp facility, you know, $300 million investment in, in hemp. Did that have any role to play, you know, in the back offices of, of getting the hemp piece carved out and, and you know, CBD um, carved out? Well, I think the whole set of issues rolling together were a push and pull. Again, like I said, four years ago, no one, if somebody said the letter CBD to me, I would have gone, what is that? Um, now, we had actually legalized the growing and selling of hemp already. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of years ago, it was a bill of mine that I was convinced I could get passed if I gave to a Republican, so I did, and we passed <laughs> that. Um, so we had the agricultural world saying, we really like being able to grow hemp. There's all kinds of product opportunities for us. Mm -hmm. And then as CBD started to grow in interest and popularity, you had the agriculture sector saying, 
we'd like to grow hemp and make CBD products or sell it for CBD products. You had the feds going gray area. Oh, not gray area. Oh, okay. But you have to come up with a regulatory model for it. So we, we realized it was actually pretty important for New York to do that because it was a real opportunity for economic development and jobs, particularly in areas of the state who we wanted to feel more comfortable with the entire concept of cannabis businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you look at public opinion polls in New York State today, what you see is the areas who are most in favor of legalizing cannabis in any way, shape, or form are agricultural areas of the state, more than the cities and more than the suburbs where we still have a problem with public opinion. So. It all came together. Now, I did know about these folks who were, I guess it's in Binghamton, as they're moving into. Yeah. And Donna Lepardo is the ag chair, and she represents the Binghamton area, the assemblywoman. So I did know about that. And again, great. I wanted a regulated system because it turns out CBD is probably not good to mix with alcohol. Just FYI, as cannabis is not really a good idea to mix with with alcohol. Nothing is good to mix with alcohol. Fair enough. Um, and there was no dosage. And it's important for people to know what it is they're buying and using. Right. Um, there are all kinds of safe ways to produce CBD. And then there's really cheap ways that can be extremely toxic and dangerous using butane, yep. which is highly flammable, and you really should not be ingesting it. And by the way, if somebody decides they want to make CBD oil in the next door apartment and they're using butane, it's sort of like having a meth lab next door. They're highly flammable. You don't want to live next to that kind of business. So we really did recognize they're the right ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And we should do it because turns out CBD is the one product you actually can sell across state lines despite the strange federal law as long as you have a regulatory system. So we did get that done, and I'm very glad we got that done. Well, jumping more into the politics side of sure. things, um, a year ago, New York and New Jersey were both really kind of in a foot race to be the first to legalize um, here on the East Coast. Can you talk a bit about the failure and why you don't think that came to fruition? It seemed Murphy was putting on, you know, major pressure for that to happen. Cuomo, not so much. Maybe he was just, you know. Well, he, he was, he wasn't, he was, he wasn't. It is always a little confusing when yes. working with Mr. Cuomo. <laughs> but I want to remind all your listeners, pretty much everywhere else in the country that has legalized, they did it because they were referendum states, and they could go directly to the public and right. say, do you want this or don't you? And in most of the states that have had referendums, the referendum has gone up, not everywhere, but most of the states who've tried succeeded in getting straight public opinion to say yes to cannabis. New York is not a referendum state. And cannot be. And cannot be, unless we had a major change in our constitution, which we're not realistically going to have. And there are still people to this day who are calling me going, isn't there a way for us to do a referendum? I go, no, we're not, we're not an IR in our state. And frankly, to change the Constitution, just to confuse you all, you would need both houses of the legislature to call for a change in the Constitution in two different sessions, and they're two-year sessions. Then you would need to bring it to the public saying, 
Should we have a change in the Constitution to allow a referendum? So you'd have a referendum on a referendum? On a referendum. So you'd have like an eight-year process to get to the point where you could actually perhaps do a referendum. I really think most of us think we could just get there through the legislature and the governor long before that process could take so place. So what happened? I mean, you know, it seemed like, you know, the, it polls so high, right? And it polls high, as you said, in rural districts. So, huh? Huh? Well, I think a couple of steps. One, the first time we took a try at it was in the budget process. Um, the governor said, I think the way to get this done is, th is through the budget. We have a history in New York State, for good or for bad, of doing really big, complex public policy issues within the context of a budget. What did you think of that plan? When he said, I we're thought, doing it through the budget. I actually thought it made sense because I knew this was going to be a hard lift um, because as popular it is with some people, getting 32 senators to vote yes was going to be a hard lift. I always knew that. But wouldn't it be a concern trying to get the regulations in place doing it through the budget? I mean, looking at how y'all put the medical program together. No, it because seem you, like leave the, you, the you leave the agencies to have responsibility right, for would, the regulations. You would have done it still the same way through you regulate alcohol, right? It would have been yeah. the same regulatory Variation structure. on the same thing. We had realized that cannabis as a set of multiple industries, medical, recreational, CBD, hemp, was actually going to be much bigger than the entire SLA, which handles alcohol in New York State. Mm -hmm. So we started to talk about it as, it'll be in the SLA, but it'll be a division of SLA that eats the rest of SLA because it has so many, it will have so many responsibilities. But I wasn't concerned about it doing it in the budget because I knew if we could come to agreement and get it passed, then we would still have the ability through regulation to make the detailed specifics that we wanted so we tried we really tried and we worked in what's called three-way negotiations between the governor the assembly and the senate hoping to draft a language that all three parties could accept and be comfortable with and we were and it was rolling along and i have to say the governor had some really excellent staff who were working on the issue with us and who red flagged a bunch of issues that the assembly and the senate just hadn't thought about when we drafted the bill mm -hmm. and i do think that their proposals were by and large uh, leading us to a better big picture model what were those uh things that they flagged um some details more about how you would structure the administration how you would make decisions how we could we were really passionate and remain passionate when i say we crystal people stokes who was my colleague in arms the assembly lead sponsor and myself we were passionate about making sure that the model we were creating in new york state was not going to be five big companies taking over the entire industry and having sort of a big you're looking pharma. at similar to what what massachusetts has done well massachusetts if you read their inr that the people voted for it was my bill so Massachusetts took the New York bill, said, yep, that's what we want. But you would have gotten it done faster because Massachusetts has been a failure, an abject failure. And that's one of the things we were looking at and watched and learned as we were evolving this. So why has Massachusetts been a failure at making sure it was having licenses go to startup businesses in small communities and communities of color? Mm -hmm. 
And part of the answer was because Massachusetts didn't put any money in to help capitalize new businesses and they didn't provide technical assistance. So one of the things we're making sure we do is that there will be upfront money to support the startup of small businesses in communities of color. There will be technical assistance to help them start up. And there will be a model where there are different size licenses so that yes, yeah, some of the people who are in medical marijuana now can expand within a limit to also have adult recreational. You've got some of the biggest companies. I mean, they're not that big, but the biggest companies in the industry. You know, Acreage Holdings is here. Ianthus is here. Columbia Care is here. And they all are, you know, the multi-state operators, the MSOs, and have multiple licenses all over. How much influence did they have in this process, or did they were they hands off? I mean, were they were no, they really active? No, nobody's hands off. I'm, my chief of staff and I must have met with every single company or person who wants to go into the cannabis business more than once. It was like a nonstop rotation through my offices. So no, nobody was hands off. Um, but they also they wanted it legalized here, so they knew they weren't going to get everything they wanted. Um, we were very clear from the beginning, we're not interested in giving the big guys um, you know, a disproportional share of the pot. That's not our assignment. Mm -hmm. Our assignment is actually to try to make sure that small companies and mom and pop kinds of models of companies can start, grow, and succeed here in New York. That we actually think there's room for everybody because mm -hmm. people like you report that New York's already the biggest cannabis business in the country. New York City is, yeah. Right? So $2 billion on an annual basis is spent in this city alone on cannabis. So when I was educating my legislative colleagues who were very hesitant, but what if everybody's using marijuana? I'd be like, no, they're already using marijuana. <laughs> you don't get it. They're already so that guy using. Over there, he's high right now. <laughs> People kept telling me during the negotiations and as things got crazy, I'll just go to Massachusetts, get you something, and be right back. I go, no, I don't use it. Stop. And it's illegal. Not don't since go you're to 19, right? I think that's what you said the last time you were here. The last time I used, 1976, Rocky Horror Picture yes. Show, original <laughs> showings, Chicago, Midnight. Now, did you bring toast to throw at the screen? No, see, when I went and saw it a million other times later in life, then you knew to bring all the stuff oh, and to wear the outfits yeah. and you had all the songs memorized. When I was a sophomore in college, it had just opened. So people were being exposed to this movie wow. for the first time. Yeah, That's cool. And it turns out, because I was back in Chicago last year, they're still playing the Midnight Show in that same theater a awesome. hundred years you later. Go. I know, I didn't have a chance and to go. And get stoned. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest in getting stoned. Well, it's legal now in Illinois, so you can. That's right. Yes. Uh, and in fact, Illinois, the legislators from Illinois came to Albany the last week of session to try to help us push it across the line by telling everybody, no, really, it's okay. We just did in Illinois. So, so Governor Cuomo said. Yes. At the try end. to do it during the budget. Well, oh. no, no, but 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 as he saw it coming to a flaming end, he said, "This gets voted against. We should primary." anybody who votes against this. Well, I didn't hear that. Yeah, he came out and said that, um, which really, I mean, I couldn't believe, I'll show you the, I'll find it for you. But um, when he said that, I was stunned because, he, you know, he has been ambivalent at best about this, but to say that he should, we should primary 
Democrats who are voting against this. I mean, did that not? I, I mean, if you didn't hear about it, I then I, hear I'm, I'm going to find it for you. Right I believe now. you. Okay, since he was having people message during the course of the year, Liz is marijuana crazy. Don't listen to her. You don't want to take this photo. It will be dangerous for you at home. That was for suburban legislators. So it's fascinating that then he was saying, you'll get primaried if you don't vote for this. Yeah. I mean, there were a million variations on my saying publicly and to the governor directly, please get back in the game and help me. Legislators need to hear you'll be with them, you support this, you can guarantee that your police force will be doing A, B, and C that they are concerned about. You can guarantee that your health department will be making sure that the products are what we say they are. You will be there with your Ag and Markets Division. You will be there with your court system to handle the expungements and not overwhelm every local little court. They need to hear the answers to the question from you, the powerful governor who runs all the agencies in New York State. My saying, no, the bill's written that way, doesn't reassure legislators that it'll actually get done. That's why big, complex issues really do need the support of a governor, not just to get enough votes, but to actually be able to guarantee what you say is going to happen happens. And so for you to tell me, because I missed it, I, I, haven't, I can't find it. I will find it for you, though. That, that afterwards, or at some point during those last few days, he was saying, you're going to face primaries if you don't vote for this. It's like, with all due respect, that wasn't really the messaging I needed. <laughs> um, and that wasn't the messaging Crystal People Stokes or I had been asking for for months. I, when I saw it, I was shocked. So. Well, this week he was the left also, so it's a little confusing anyway, you know, when he announced he was the left. Yeah, so, quite a few of us were surprised. Do you think the governor is just grandstanding? I don't even try to explain Governor Cuomo. That's someone <laughs> else's job. Um, yes, here's this article saying he said this. Um, and it was right towards the end. And I, when I saw that, I, I, I was like, so New Jersey, you know, the two things that happened in New Jersey, right, that really gummed up the works were they couldn't get the the rural Republicans in line and they couldn't get the urban African-Americans either. And it was over expungement. What role did 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 those two constituencies play in, no, in New York? So I know I was watching that in New Jersey and it was fascinating because in New York the Black Latino Caucus, which is a separate caucus within the legislature, mm -hmm. both houses, were extremely strongly in support of MRTA um, for years now. And they kept reemphasizing their support for it. And I think partly it was because we wrote this bill in a way that it addressed the concerns of the vast majority, you never want to say everybody, but the vast majority of people in black and Latino leadership. They wanted to make sure we were addressing not just future um, criminal justice problems that are disproportionately only seen in black and Latino communities. They wanted to make sure we were retroactively addressing expungement of people who had been caught up in the system, which by the way, because we did do with the expungement section of the bill, freestanding, 300,000 New Yorkers are going to have their records cleared. 
300,000, actually 900,000 cases, but, but approximately 300,000 people. It's huge. So It's huge because it gives them access to benefits right. that they've been denied. Apply for jobs because they had records. They couldn't apply for certain kinds of housing. They couldn't get financial aid. It's always fascinated me how some of the, at least here in New York City, some of the best job opportunities for decades and decades and decades have been to work as a city or state worker, right? Civil service jobs, good pay, not a requirement you have a college education, police, fire, sanitation, mm -hmm. emergency response. They couldn't apply if they had a record, even just on a couple of marijuana cigarettes in their pockets in high school. It was ridiculous. So it's actually racist. It's an, it's, it was intentional. Well, some people absolutely believe the whole design was um, racist, going back to a fight between the U.S. and Mexico. Well, just look at the Rockefeller year. laws, right? Yes. I mean, those were those were definitively racist. And and then they you know they percolated up into the Clinton crime bill in the early '90s. I mean, you know, Clinton tri triangulated. What he did was he moved to the right to appeal to to moneyed people. You know, where the the party had always been a you know like Bill De Blasio says, this is a working. You know, the Democratic Party was always a working person's party, and Clinton saw the the end of the, the unions and said, the only way I'm going to be able to get the same money that the Republicans get is to court the same people, so I'm just going to be Republican light. We've gone off a pot. I was about to no, say. Sorry, sorry. We've, <laughs> gone off, we've gone off of cannabis. But, you know, it's all interlinked, right? Because, if you, you know, the, the decisions that Nixon made in the early 70s on criminalizing cannabis was specifically designed to target the black and Latino communities. The decisions that were made on the Rockefeller laws, again, designed to target black and Latino communities. And the consumption rates between whites, Asians, blacks, and Latinos are exactly the same. We all like to get high. I know, exactly. Okay, you can go, Gretchen. I've, I've, I've cut you out for long enough. <laughs> That's quite all right. Um, I want to get back to a point that you made earlier about New York's medical program and how bad it has been implemented. Since it doesn't seem like adult use is coming anytime soon, how do you work in this program to make it better for New Yorkers to get people access to cannabis to really try and get this thing up and running again? Okay, I refuse to accept it's not coming anytime soon. We're back in January for a new... Well, for some, that's not soon enough. Well, fair enough. And, and kids are still going to get arrested between... No, 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 exactly. I mean, we did decrease the criminalization again, not... Not doing what I want to do, but now it's $50 instead of $100, and it's harder to get a kid in a situation where it's going to build up to a misdemeanor. Um, so we made it somewhat better, still completely unacceptable. But the medical, when we passed the medical, again, the governor seemed to be very ambivalent about his support for medical, so that... The original bill morphed into something much more limited and much more restrictive. And literally, because I was in the legislature, the, the minute we were being asked to vote for it, I was still out in the hall saying to the advocates, are you really sure? This doesn't go nearly far enough, and it's not going to work. Are you really sure this is what you want? And they said yes. And they said yes. We know we're going to be sorry. We'll try to fix it afterwards. We can't say no to these families with mm -hmm. children in wheelchairs coming into your office every day begging just to be able to use some 
you know, cannabis created oils. And I was like, okay, I'm just saying, this isn't the bill you were asking us for. It's so limited in who will be able to get, who will be able to sell, what product mix they'll be able to sell, and whether or not doctors are ever going to sign up to participate, that I can just see bing, 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 all these things going wrong. And so now it's years later, and guess what? Exactly what many of us thought was going to happen has happened. But the can I think, you know, having worked with a lot of cannabis advocates over yeah. the years, their position is incremental change is better than no change at all. And, you know, if you look at the difference between the way that cannabis has moved forward, especially over the last 15 or 20 years, it has far outstripped the ability for the environmental community, for example, to get stuff done. Environmentalists tend to be all or nothing. And if you don't give me exactly what I want, fuck it. I'm not doing it at all. Cannabis says, we just got to let's take it. We'll take an inch yeah. and then we'll take another inch and then we'll take another. inch. You're right. Inch. And look, I'm not sorry we got it started. I'm just saying. People had the crystal ball already when we got started and knew that this wasn't going to work. So, so I was with some people the other night, and a woman was t talking to me about that she has the script <laughs> and that she finds that the medical marijuana is actually helping her very much, but it's so expensive that she has friends who say, just go buy the the illegal stuff, you'll get the same effect and it's a quarter of the price. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she says to me, what should I do? I go, well, one, I can't advise you to go use an illegal product. Two, I don't know what your medical issues are. And so I really wouldn't recommend you use something that you don't know what it is, at least without talking to your own doctor about whether they think there's any risk to you or not. And But I was walked away thinking, what a horrible position to put this woman in, who was also pointing out that she had been on incredibly dangerous opioids for her illness until she tried medical marijuana, how the medical marijuana works so much better, but insurance pays for the opioid and it doesn't pay for the medical marijuana, how she had to really look hard to find a doctor who would give her the prescription because there's very few doctors who've actually signed up to participate in New York. And that's one of the things. We're Just a couple thousand in the state. So we, in the bill that didn't get passed yet, but hopefully will, we're doing away with any additional requirements. We're like, you went to medical school, you're certified as a licensed doctor. We don't ask you to take extra training to hand out opioids prescriptions. Why are we making you do extra training and a whole set of new steps to fill out marijuana prescriptions? You think New York could, if, if adult use doesn't, it just doesn't look like it could get done. Could you switch to a medical program like was done in California where basically, you know, I've got, a, I've got an idea of a hangnail and I need a script for my idea of a hangnail? I mean, could that happen? I mean, never say never. I think that's the wrong answer. You know, California is now trying to reverse itself after the fact, and there's all kinds of questions about what does and doesn't happen in California. Um, oh, it all happens. That's fair enough. You're right. It all happens in California. Um, what I like about a medical program is, and if please, we were allowed to do research in this country on this product, right? Because you, you look at the research from other places in the world, there's incredible success on different illnesses with different mixes mm -hmm. of different 
seeds and growth and treatments um, of the cannabis plant. So, no, I'd hate to see us basically just become, we're not really medical marijuana, we're just anything. Because then, when you're the person who really suffers from X, you may never be able to get the exact product that would work for you because we don't we wouldn't really have a medical marijuana program hopefully one that could be robust based on research why would we say if you are a licensed cannabis medical dispensary you can only sell five products why if there's 47 illnesses that seem to respond to cannabis and I made up that number for yeah, I was wondering 147. <laughs> I don't know. A lot. A lot. And there's research going on showing there are all kinds of different um, uses and ways to ingest and growth patterns and seed patterns. Why would you only allow only five products to be sold? Like, on what log- what logic is it? Yeah, none. I didn't understand the form factors in the state when it happened in 14. Um, so it so just, that, that makes me crazy. And by the way, suppositories is okay, but, you know, edibles aren't. I mean, it, can go, it goes out the indoor and in, it doesn't come, come in, you know, it's like. <laughs> right, so. It's actually, know, I'm sorry, it goes in the outdoor. In the outdoor, yes, yes. I, got, I got it, got it. Um, now, in <laughs> hey, you know, I do say bad dad jokes, right? I can't help it. Now, in fact, doctors might say that suppositories are a more immediate way into the bloodstream. I didn't go to medical school. I don't know. You're not a doctor and you don't play one on TV. No, I'm not a lawyer, but I sort of play one on, on TV, if at least it's on the Senate right. chamber TV. Yes. So so I get that. Like, fine, you want to sell it in suppository format because that is helpful. Great. I think particularly, I suppose, for working with kids, right? And you do. Yeah, because they really like that. No, they don't. But that might be the only way that that works, right? Because kids yes. don't like to take medicine. No. But for, for me, for example... I'm really concerned about not marketing to kids on the adult recreational. So my bill doesn't allow candy. It doesn't allow edibles that are targeted to children. No cute gummy bears with THC in them. Because I don't want kids going, oh, look at the cute gummy bears. I think I'll take three handfuls. The same same way that we restrict tobacco, the same way that we restrict alcohol, they should not be able to target form factors, labeling advertising this is not for children you know there are discussions that the brain chemistry you shouldn't start to consume till you're 25 you know because the brain is still developing my brain stopped developing a long time ago you know but but 21 is probably a more real i mean if it's the same as tobacco and alcohol it should be managed and that was the basis for us right you know but they're also when you say why didn't it pass there were legislators who were really convinced that this stuff is dangerous. And I can't say, oh no, I can absolutely guarantee it's not dangerous ever. Because in fact, research shows that for people who are prone to addiction, maybe they are really not supposed to use marijuana because it can be trigger their addiction. Well, that's right, but we don't outlaw alcohol, we don't outlaw tobacco, and talk about addiction, Online gambling is more addictive than anything, and we apparently are rushing forward to do that and, everywhere. And so is your phone. You know, the, no, the, I need a twelve-step program for my phone. Yeah, I'm no, no, no bullshit. I mean, the 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 impact on your serotonin uptake 
on on the that you get from looking at Instagram is is as high as it is from taking a hit of heroin. So you know what? we don't. It, it is. I'm not. I'm not. No, I I happen to be anti-gambling, which makes me one of one um, in the legislative bodies at this point. And so I've been reading all of this research about how they design all these phones and all these games to be more addictive than anything else on earth, and then you throw in and give us your credit card and just keep gambling. Bing, 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 bing. Yeah. And it's not just gambling. It's the. I mean, we're way off topic here, but it's yeah. video games too, right? Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll. So let's get back to to, back to, to pot. To, well, it, and also, well, but we can actually. I want to pivot slightly because Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, um, you know, came out a couple of weeks ago saying we need to do research into psychedelics, into the impact of psilocybin, MDMA, and you know, ketamine has already been approved for um, depression. Um, you know, you look at states like Colorado, you look at cities like Oakland and um, Portland who have decriminalized psilocybin um, and they call it plant medicine. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is a, a out of left field and you, we did not prepare you for this, but have you given any thought to these issues at all? You know, I've been listening and reading some of the articles coming out. And the fact is this country is very schizophrenic on the whole topic of drugs, right? Mm -hmm. So... You know, for years, Rockefeller drug laws, New York State, the strictest drug laws in the country, lock everyone up and throw away the key. Did it stop anyone from using drugs? No, it just piled people into our prisons. Then we undid the Rockefeller drug laws. Yay. Then the minute people started having opioid problems now, and it was in white communities, my colleagues who had voted, Republicans who had voted to kill the Rockefeller drug laws were like, we have to go back and do that. I was like, why? It didn't ever work. They go, but now it's heroin. I go, no, it was always heroin. Go back and check what it was that everyone was ranting was about when they started. It was in Alphabet City and it was in, it was in the it Bronx. It was heroin and it was crack and that's what was freaking people out. And now you're freaked out because it's white people who are dying of heroin when it used to be black people and brown people who were dying of heroin. And so you're overreacting and you're not understanding what the right questions are or what the right answers are. So I do respect when people say, shouldn't we just look at all of our drug policies and think about them again? I think that's a fair question um, that legislative bodies absolutely should. Again, you really need federal government to lead because even on marijuana, I think everyone in this room would agree. I don't know about all your listeners. This country would be a lot saner if we had one set of laws I around cannabis. I guarantee you cannabis. our listeners would be agreeing. So right. just, just to go back to the, sure. this, the psychedelics for one second. Not far from here, at NYU, for, for decades, they have been doing legit research on the value of using um, guided clinical psychedelic treatments to treat addiction, to treat depression, anxiety, and, and the results are astounding. I would, I would encourage you to take a look because, because this is not like cannabis where there is really no research at all that's been done. Johns Hopkins and NYU have led the world in this research, and you know, it's it's here in the city. So um, the use of these these molecules to help treat, you know, forty percent of Americans have some form of a diagnosed mental disorder, and there has been no uh, drugs that have come through the the pipeline to treat this. But these 
naturally occurring plants have been proven unbelievably effective. So, all right, I'll go. I'll give it back to you, Gretchen, because again, I'm soapboxing. <laughs> all right. Well, getting away from psychedelics, um, I'm, I'm just wondering. I'm curious when the legislature comes back, how do you push this over the finish line? What What do they need to get on board with? Okay, so one, I'd probably pull out that article that you just showed me saying, look, we want to avoid your having to have a primary, so we need to get marijuana done. Um, I use it to encourage the governor to come back to the table yet again and stop being so ambivalent and saying, okay, this is the bill. We all actually agree. This makes sense. Let's start right away and try to, try to get it done. When people say, how many votes did I need or not need at the very end of session, it was a little bit of a moving target because the assembly also had people going, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And the Senate people were saying, oh, but my DAs are unhappy, but my police are unhappy, but my PTA presidents are unhappy. The police were unhappy? Yes, the police unions came out against the, the cannabis bill. Why? I don't understand why they would do that. Maybe I'm just dense. Aren't, uh, asset for forfeiture is a big issue for the police when it well, comes to Well, that was a separate cannabis. issue, and we did undo. We actually reformed asset forfeiture this year. That was another bill that we did pass in the legislature, making it harder for them to hold on to those assets, um, which may be making them mad for other reasons. <laughs> um, but I'm glad we did that one also. So yes, there were, the police unions were coming out against, not necessarily individual police, because I had worked with people who were um, police, so DEA, judges. So Pat Lynch, like the PBAs against, was against it? I don't want to misspeak. I know the Long Island police were against it. I don't know if Pat Lynch and the PBA, but it wouldn't surprise me, because they tend to you know, default fairly conservative on criminal justice policy, um, and to and not saying it's anyone specifically, but it was explained to me by retired DEA agents who had realized they had wasted their entire lives, who said, let's be honest, when you are in the field, you get the number of wins counted like, like a baseball game, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what you did to get that. So this is going to make it harder to make their numbers. It's really easy to go after low-level marijuana busts. It's about the easiest thing you can do. So we can blame Rudy Giuliani for this, right? Because of, of I forgot what the name of the program he had, but but where they, they would call out the guys in front of everybody and say, you missed your numbers and you missed your numbers. Um, yes. Um, what's, what is it called? Jobs, uh, stat. 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 Yeah. I know. Something stat. It still exists. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, the see? easiest... I'm going to get... It's, it all comes back to the I Republicans. I wish people could see me rolling my eyes because, yeah, let's blame everything on Rudy. <laughs> everything in the world is wrong because of Rudy Giuliani. Well, right. I could jump in on that one. I'm I had sure lived through the Rudy Giuliani <laughs> so years I. here in New York City. The man had no respect for the law um, for all of his... He didn't. I did anti-poverty work during those years. The man threw 500,000 people off of food stamps in the city. They were legally eligible, and they needed that food. But he had this theory that if they were hungry enough, maybe they'd go out and get jobs. Doesn't sound like a bad theory. Are you kidding me? All right, back to pot. So <laughs> what is, what's the major issue hanging it up? This is, is it Hannity social equity? Combs here, except I'm, I'm, I'm the, 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 the liberal Hannity, and she's the, the Republican Sean Combs. Is it expungement? What is, what is the hang-up? No, expungement we've taken care of. Okay. So I, it is, I think it's getting 
mostly suburban legislators seem to have the greatest concerns. And it's possible, and it's also possible that they were hearing at home. It's not that popular everywhere right. in the state. Does, does the uh, the assembly and the senate drug test for the for the electeds? I would love to know what percentage of those people are actually smoking pot themselves and how many of them are freaking hypocrites. Because maybe you should pass a, a propose a piece of legislation saying that we should test in the Senate and the Assembly. And if you don't pass the test, you don't get to vote. So years ago, I joked that I would pass a piece of legislation while I wouldn't be able to pass it. That you would, inst- you know, the petitions where you have to get like 3,000 people who yeah. don't know you to sign saying, please let her on the ballot. Yeah. I always thought we should change that law, too. Me, too. You only need 25 signatures. But they actually have to say they're not related. They don't work for you. They actually know you. You're not wanted by the police. And you're of sound mind and body. Just 25. There's a whole bunch of us who wouldn't pass the test. I could do everything but the sound mind part. (laughs) Clearly. I just think that would be, if you're going to have petitioning, yeah. have it mean something. So, no, I'm not going to propose drug testing. Like. No, I was kidding. But, but you know, it's it guarantee you these guys are, are the same people. You know, I, I think different legislators come from it from different places. I mean, there are people who really think this is going to make it easier for their kids to get access, and they don't want their kids to have access. And I always try to explain, I was a white kid from the suburbs. I had no problem getting marijuana. Actually, the statistics show in states that have adult use that teen use goes down because when people who look like me and you start smoking legally, it's not cool anymore. It was never cool when I was doing it, but you know, it's like my kids, I have a 15 year old and a 12 year old, and they know that they know what I do for a living. They know that I consume recreationally, I don't do it in front of them. They have no desire because dad does it, and it's just not cool, you know? No, because nothing your parents do can be cool. Not until, so no, not until you get to be 20 or 25. That's true. Right? That's true. So, no, I try to talk to my colleagues about, like, no, really, I don't know your, the children in your town, but I grew up in a town just like your town. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, been 40 years now that teenagers have had easy access to marijuana. If you ask a New York City police officer... Is they it know exactly easier to, to get, get marijuana or alcohol? No. Is it easier to get marijuana or alcohol if you're a teenager? They'll tell you it's easier to get marijuana because the alcohol you have to get a person over 21 to buy for you because the, the ID reviews have gotten so good, you can't really use a fake ID anymore. There are scanners. There are lights. There are hologram things. So, But marijuana, there's an app for it, and you can get it delivered to you in 15 minutes anywhere in the city, and nobody's asking for ID. Mm-hmm. Um, so cops know it's easier for kids to get marijuana than anything else, right? So yeah. I do think legalizing will make it a little tougher to get, not saying that teenagers won't figure it out because they figure it out. But, yes, the research from other states is showing it's just not as cool lower use by teenagers. Colorado just came out with a study showing their high school graduation rates, their middle school accomplishment rates have not gone down just because they have adult recreational use. Kids apparently aren't just zoning out with, with you know, getting high all the time. Um, there's research that's starting to come out. Opioid use is going down in Dramatically. States. Dramatically. 15 to 20%. Yep. So lower addiction rates, lower overdose rates. It's a win-win-win. Lower rates of, of DUIs, 
lower rates of alcohol-related deaths. Lower. I mean, it's just it's a net societal benefit. And Colorado just crossed the billion-dollar mark in taxes collected, and they're half the size from a population perspective of New York State. And as a couple of police officers told me, private opinion, not official. You don't have bar fights when people are using cannabis. The last thing in the world some guys who got high want to do is punch each other out. They're going to go in a corner and fall asleep, maybe. They're not, going to get into, they're not going to get into a bar fight in two in the morning where the cops have to show up and break up the fight. No. That, nev- they're like, that never happens. Okay, I want you to get out your crystal ball. Yes. Who's going to get it done first, New York or New Jersey? So I haven't been following New Jersey closely enough um, to know what it is that held them up. I really do feel that what held us up at the end was literally we just ran out of time. I think if we were staying in Albany another week, we could have gotten it done. Could you call on the governor to do a special session, bring folks back, get it done? You legally can have a special session. He's not going to expend the political capital on that. That's the problem. And... And depending on what day it is, the legislature is irritated enough they don't want to do things for him, <laughs> which is a problem when you really want him to be helpful. Um, was he helpful? I mean, at the end of the day, did he really help? And you don't have to answer that if he's because he, he's not listening, I promise you. He's listening. It's okay. He's used to me. Um, he was helpful at the beginning of the budget process, and his people were really helpful. And then... Literally a week and a half before the budget was due, he just pulled them back. He wouldn't let them continue to meet with us to, to close it down, to get to final agreement. He said later the legislature didn't want to do it. And I kept calling him out and going, why do you think that? Well, the leaders each said like months ago they didn't really want to do it in the budget. I go, that was months ago, and now they've allowed us to conference it, which they didn't have to make allow us to do. Both Crystal and I asked our leader, can we conference this and see if we can build up enough momentum? Sure. Can we have the three ways with the governor's people and negotiate three ways? Sure. That's not them saying no. That's them going, okay, this is an evolving topic with momentum behind it. Well, did the leadership... Did the leadership actually support it, or they just say, okay? They said, okay. I think both leaders were more in the, let's wait and see whether the people can bring us the vote. They just don't get it. Well, no, that's, that's common sense from a leadership perspective. I mean, you know, this is your number one issue, so, right? Yes. Well, it's my okay. number one issue on this podcast. Okay, so yes. it's not, you know, Justin and I were joking about all people want to talk to me about is marijuana. Marijuana wasn't even my number one issue. I care about it. I wanted to do the right thing. It wasn't my top issue. So leaders have legislative bodies who have, 500 number one issues between us and they have to actually pick and choose which ones are we using political capital on which ones are we literally using time on i mean the assembly at the end we were begging them to pass a certain set of bills and we don't have time to conference i go no 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 
they all want this. And they go, no, we're not arguing that. We don't have enough hours in the day to have the conference time that would be required before the leader would know he's got 76 votes in the assembly and he's bringing it to the floor. So he has so, to whip it. To... So you have to whip, but you also have to put it in the context of this was the most activist session in 50 years in the legislature. And you guys got a lot done. And we got an incredible amount of really important stuff done. So when people say, what do you mean you didn't have time? I'm like, I'm serious. We set such an enormous agenda for ourselves, and we accomplished so much of it that we just literally ran out of time. I really do believe another week and verbal support of the governor, this would have been done. So, so you said session comes back in January. You guys still have a list of stuff. We have a new list. Where does this fit in that list? I think it's higher up because a lot of the Top things. Top 10%? Don't know. Okay. Top 20%. And, and last year, you guys had 100%, and of that 100%, what percent did you guys get done? Of the things that really mattered, 70%. So then this looks pretty good. I feel pretty good. you know, And, and I felt pretty good at various times during the year because I kept thinking, we're almost over the hump, we're almost over the hump. You asked about New Jersey. Some people think when New Jersey fell apart, somehow that translated to New York didn't think it had to get there. And I didn't really understand that because I don't grasp the concept of government as a side-by-side -side competition with your neighbor. It was from neighbor. a tax perspective, I think the thinking was, right? Because when we talked last, well, you know, yeah, New York, like if New Jersey got it done, you would have seen the tunnels packed, the bridges packed, and it would have been the other way. People going to New Jersey, and maybe they would have put tolls going into New Jersey. They don't pay you to go. They, they You have to pay to come to New York. You, you just get you the hell get. out into New Jersey. And I live in New Jersey, and, you know, but they might have reversed the tolls because of the, from the tax perspective, right? Because you would have seen all of the New Yorkers, all of the people in Westchester, all the people in Orange and Putnam counties going into New Jersey to buy. And look, in upstate New York, you know, it's it's half an hour from Albany to the nearest dispensary in Massachusetts. But there's no weed in it anyway. I mean, you, you're going to wait three hours to get into that oh. dispensary. Well, because they have to figure out now how to build their industry. So there are two elected officials from New York running for president, right? We've got... Kristen Gillibrand, and we've got Mayor de Blasio. Um, Mayor de Blasio, way, he is as far out in the right area on cannabis as you can be, and Kristen Gillibrand is pretty, pretty good as well. How do you guys think, how do you think they did in the debates? It's not a cannabis question. It's not a cannabis <laughs> question, but this is, it's cannabis culture and, and the capital markets, and this is a culture question. So. And, and full disclosure, I thought Mayor de Blasio was really good. I was surprised at how good he was in the debate. I thought he was terrible. but <laughs> Gee, what a surprise. But I watched. I care. I, like I just want to listen sides. to you on a show going back and forth <laughs> with each other on politics. Um, I also thought Bill de Blasio did much better than people expected him to be because he, he figured out what out of the 20 of them, only eight of them figured out. You don't wait to be asked the question. You just jump in there and try to hold on to the microphone and the lights mm -hmm. and be coherent for as long as possible, right? So I think he did a really good job that way. Um, I don't think Kirsten figured out how to stand out um, in unbelievably crowded field. But I don't even understand how you, like if I was doing it, I don't even imagine what I would do to stand out 
with ten other with nine other people there. No idea. And you know the time frame is like nothing. It's amazing. How Thirty fast, seconds, you right? Know, it's like nothing. So I felt so bad for that one representative who just stood there with his hand up like he was in high school waiting to be called on, and I just wanted to go. Just speak. They're never going to call on you because you have your hand up. Yeah. Right? And and now they're 24. There was Well, Swallow 20... dropped out. And right. Strayer, Strayer got in. Got in. Did anybody else get in? What? Justin, are you going to run? Awesome. Why aren't they limiting the field for the next one? I have they're no idea. They're making the standards higher. You have to be 2%, one. I think, for the next one. Ooh, I don't know. Does that mean Corey is not going to get on the stage? I don't know what the I, I don't know and whose public opinion poll do they use? Mine. They're, oh, they're going to ask use me. Yours? Okay, so I don't know. Does Corey get on the stage? Though? Damn Skippy! I love Corey Booker. <laughs> All right, we are we are just about an hour, and I want to be <laughs> okay. respectful of your time. So we have one last question, yes, which sir. we ask, which is: Tomorrow morning, you wake up and you open the New York Times or the New York Post or or the you know the Albany Times Union. What is the story about cannabis that they should be reporting on? What is the most underreported story that we should be paying attention to? So I would have said the racial disparity in the criminal justice system related to it. And I don't think that will really go away. It's just shrinking as far as the impact. Mm -hmm. um, so potentially a story we should be following, because I think it does get people's attention, is how the world hasn't fallen apart in all these states that have legalized. That life goes on, kids go to school, people... You know, it's, it's going to sound funny, but when I was fighting for same-sex marriage in New York State... Thank you. Iowa had it. And I'd have all... The, because they court-ordered it. And so Iowa had same-sex marriage before New York. And I'd have these upstate Republicans go, oh, my God, I can't even imagine having same-sex marriage. Like, I'm a good Christian. I go, go check in Iowa. The farmers get up in the morning. They drive around the Pillars of Salt. They plant their crops. They harvest their crops. <laughs> they drive back around the Pillars of Salt. And life goes on because it really doesn't affect you if somebody else gets married. And it makes the corn taste that much sweeter. That much sweeter. And I also feel like it's really important for people who still think, I don't know, this sounds so dramatic. I don't know if the world would change. Just to take a look and go, oh, okay, life goes on. And, oh, yeah, I forgot. Everybody's using it now anyway. It's just that there's this whole criminal element associated with it that there wouldn't be anymore. And, oh, people would just actually know what they were buying. And that if they, were, if they had health issues, maybe they could actually get it lower cost and more accessible to themselves. I mean, again, the concept that in upstate New York, if you're trying to get medical marijuana, you could be four hours away yeah. from the closest place. But you can get morphine down the block at any pharmacy. Like, what are we doing? These issues of, of, of cannabis deserts are real. Yeah. They're real. And, I mean, California, it's a big issue. You know, it may be legal in the state, but 80% of the municipalities in the state do not allow for sale within the borders of their municipality. And there are issues of intrastate commerce that they're dealing with. And that's why delivery has become such a vital component. And, you know, delivery is here, but it's ish. And so... All right. Um, we could do this for a lot longer. And I really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, next year, we'd like to have you back again. To discuss how we legalize how and what it means. And you got it done. I would like yes. to do that. Yes, please invite me back for you, that. Actually, you have an open invitation. Literally, anytime you want to do this, you are welcome to come. Senator Kruger, thank you so much for joining us on the Green Rush. 
Thank you very much. Appreciate it. A special thanks to State Senator Liz Kruger from New York State, who spent a, a tremendous amount of time with us just now talking about um, what happened in the state. Um, she is really just fantastic. Um, if you want to reach out to us via email, you can send us an email at the Green Rush, uh, or it's just Green Rush at KCSA.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at the Green Rush underscore podcast. Um, and, you know, Thank you so much for listening. It really makes a difference. Um, I hope you're enjoying these conversations and getting as much out of them as I am, as Anne is, as Gretchen is, as Nick is. So thanks all. And uh, looking forward to hearing from you guys um, via email or direct messages on Instagram or Twitter.